Hebrews chapter 11 and the verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now tonight we're thinking about faith, especially in relation to the word of God. There is and can be no faith without God's word. And we're coming to the third of the great pre-flood patriarchs to see that. We saw Abel's faith in his offering. We saw Enoch's faith in his translation by God. And now we're seeing Noah's faith and the basis of his faith, the word of God, being warned of God. Whenever it says that, it means that God's word came to him. God spoke to him. And that word came in the form of a warning. It wasn't the only form it took. But it is the aspect that the apostle is emphasizing in our text. God gave warning words to Noah. And he believed them. He believed God. Now we're talking about before the flood. God spoke to Noah after the flood too. You can read that in, in, later on in chapters in Genesis. But the emphasis here is on the pre-flood. And the time that he's in the ark. Believing God. He's in the ark by faith. He's in the ark because he believes the word of God. And this is true for everybody who has faith. In this chapter. Their faith was based on the word of God. That was true for Abel. It was true for Enoch. It is true for Abraham, as we'll see on another occasion. Now, we're not told Abel heard God's word. We're not told Enoch heard God's word. But it's implied. We know that God spoke to Cain. You remember God came to Cain and spoke to Cain. And Cain didn't believe God. He rejected the word. Well, it's implied that God came to Abel too. And Abel's offering is based on what God has said on his word. It was based on God's revelation. And whenever we read of Enoch, we read that Enoch walked with God and God took him because of that walk. That's implied that there is a word of God to Enoch. Because they're walking together. You can't walk together without talking. You can't walk with God without praying to God. And without hearing God. So while it doesn't say Enoch had the word of God. And heard the word of God. It's implied. In his walk with God. He has faith in what God tells him. And God is pleased with his faith. And he brings him to heaven. How can two walk together except they be agreed? So, so they're being agreed around the word. He couldn't walk without a word. God gave him a word. It's implied Enoch had a word. In Genesis 6, however, 
The word of God is not just implied that it came to Noah. It firmly states it. God spoke to him. We read it. God said unto Noah. The Lord said unto Noah. The Lord commanded Noah. Time and time again he's coming to Noah. Speaking to him. Giving him a word. Telling him. Warning him. And told him such things as. My spirit shall not always strive with man. Man is flesh. He's 120 years. Before I deal with him. He was telling Noah these things. I'm going to destroy man. Whom I created upon the face of the earth. Both man and beast and the creeping things. And the fowls of the earth. It's repented me that I've made them Noah. God is giving him his word. We read there that God said to Noah, the end of all flesh is before me. The earth is so filled with violence, I'm going to destroy the whole planet. So make an ark, Noah, and pitch it within and without, and enter into it. And be safe and secure from the world destruction that I'm going to bring. And Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So you see this word, commanding him, guiding him, directing him, encouraging him, warning him. He had the word in his life. And there's no faith without that. Faith needs a word from God. All faith needs a word. In fact, not not even saving faith, Christian faith, but any kind of faith needs a word. Even wrong beliefs, they're grounded on words. They're wrong words and false words. All beliefs are grounded on words. Whether words of a man or whether words of a devil. Or whether the words of God. Which is best to build on? The words of man, the words of the devil, or the words of God. And the people of faith in Hebrews 11 They're always building on the words of God, as we all must do. Now, people believe evolution. Why do they believe evolution? Because there are men who come along with big degrees, educated and learned men, and they say this and they say the others, and they show the fossils, and they show the sedimentary lures, and they say, this all proves evolution. Their word of evolution. And people believe that. Faith always needs a word. And the world believes the lie. The words of lie. The words of darkness. So men even have to have faith in evolution. And evolution is set forth in in words. That's the same with everything. We believe on the basis of a word. On the testimony of a man. And that's not always a bad thing. Whenever men are true and speaking the truth, it's right to believe men and their words. But men can lie and do lie and deceive. And whenever it comes to the business of God and spiritual things, men lie. Because they're blinded by the deceiver. And there's lies and there's deception. So blinded sinners who reject God's truth It's not that they don't believe anything. They believe the devil's lie. They're deceived. And they're false prophets. 
And they believe the false prophets. And Satan is the father of lies, the Bible says. Lies are lies. But they are also words. You can't have a lie without a word. They're always believing words. The lying words of the devil. Are you going to believe the true words of God? So faith, any kind of faith, needs a word. But Christian faith, saving faith, the faith in this chapter, the faith that pleases God and brings men to glory, is a faith that receives the testimony of God. Noah being warned of God was moved. It was God's word moved him. We're blessed when God's word moves us. And that's what's happening here. And not only did Noah believe God's word, he preached God's word. Peter tells us he was a preacher of righteousness. So he heard the warnings of God. He heard all that God had said to him. And he repeated it. He told the world. He spread the word. So that others might believe. Enoch was the same. Enoch preached the Lord's coming with thousands and thousands of his saints. And he's going to judge the world in righteousness. Jude tells us that. So God's word was going about in those days. It was. They had it as clear as day, as clear as nearly as we have it here. Preaching the judgment day, the coming of the Lord with all his angels, the wrath of God, the end of the world. They had the word before the flood. Just as we do. It's the same. As it was in the days of Noah, so it is in the days of the Son of Man. There's no difference. Same wicked fallen world and the same mighty word of God going out. So the world had God's word, but they rejected it. The only one who believed it and received it was Noah. The world believed the devil's lie. You see, there's not only God's word, there's always another word. You must remember that congregation. We have God's word here, but, but we have to guard ourselves from another word. And it can creep in on a worse. It can come in subtly. Men can be disguised as angels. Who are devils in heart. And peddling error and falsehood. Another word. And we have to guard against that other word. There's always the devil's lie. And men believe that. Everybody has faith. But what kind of faith? Faith in God's word. Or man's blinded by Satan. So there's another word going about before the flood. And it's this. There's going to be no flood. Never has anybody seen such a thing. Never has anybody heard such of a thing. Rain, water coming down from heaven. We haven't seen such a thing. And floods here and people being drowned. That's nonsense. That's ridiculous. Things not seen. That's a lie. So God is coming and telling about things not seen and the devil, he's coming with the, the contrary, the opposite, the false. You always have this. Where truth is, the devil's lie is. There's always this contrary word. And this has been since Eden. 
You remember whenever God made Adam and Eve, what, what did God do? Well, he spoke to them. He talked to them. He gave them his word. The Lord took the man and he put him in the garden and the Lord commanded the man. He spoke to him. He said, all these trees, they're for you. You can eat everything off all these trees. You can eat all you want. It's wonderful. You can eat of the tree of life and live forever. But there's one tree. You can't eat of it. You mustn't eat of it. That's the one tree I don't allow you. It's dangerous. If you eat of that, you'll die. The word of God, with a warning, even before sin, even before the fall, the word of God, with wonderful promises and commands, all this you can eat, but a warning, you can't eat this. There's truth. Adam, warned of God. Eve, warned of God. So a word explaining things, a word inviting the sinless couple, a word promising the sinful, sinless couple, and a war, war, word warning them. And Adam and Eve were to believe that word, and to be moved by that word, and guided by that word, and to fear God in the light of that word. But there came another word into the garden. Someone else entered. A fallen one came on the scene. And we know who that was. The old serpent. And he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He is contrary to God. He opposes the truth. And he comes with another word. He enters upon the scene and he speaks to the woman. There's another word coming to the woman. Has God said? What has God said? It's not true. You'll not really die. You'll not truly die. It's a contrary word. It's a false word. God knows if you eat of that, you'll be like God himself. In that day, you'll know right and wrong. You'll, ha you'll have knowledge of all these things like God. What a lie. The falsehood. The contrary word, the error, the heresy. And Eve believed that word. And true faith died. And she now had faith in Satan's word. And she took of the tree that God commanded her not to take from. And she ate and she gave to her husband. There were two words, you see that? And she believed the devil's lie. And that's the way it is throughout all of history. There's a people who believe God. Believe God's word. And there's a people who don't. But they believe another word. A lie. A falsehood. See, everybody believes something. There's no such a thing as no faith. Everybody believes something. But the question is, do you believe God's word? Or do you believe the lies of the devil? It's the same at the time of the flood. 
God's truth and Satan's lie. They're always together. And today it's the same. It's still the same. Satan's lie abounds. Denying and attacking and casting doubt on God's word. The story has not changed. The warfare between God and the devil, between truth and untruth, continues. And the unbelievers are of their father, the devil, who do not abide in the truth, but who believe and own the lie. And Jesus said that, you're of your father, the devil. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Notice he doesn't say he was a liar. It's the present tense. He wasn't just a liar in the Garden of Eden. He wasn't just a liar before the flood in the pre-flood world. He is a liar still. He is a liar now, Jesus is saying. He's still the father of lies. He's still paddling the same. There's no truth in him. He's the same today as it was in the days of Noah, so in the days of the Son of Man. That's now. You see, not even the flood washed away Satan. It washed away all the people, but it didn't wash away Satan. And a new world started, and Satan was still in it just the same. And he's done the same work. And there are unbelieving men and women rejecting God's word, and embracing Satan's lie. So Satan then is still doing his subtle business with his word of deceit. And Christians have to guard against him and remember this. I mean, this is a great worry to you. The Apostle Paul as a preacher. He saw churches established. He went off to another place. But he was always concerned that Satan entered in. He said to the Corinthians, he said, I fear, lest by any means, and he's not short of means, but I fear by any means that as the serpent beguiled Eve through a subtly, so, so your minds are corrupted from the simplicity of the gospel. Oh, he's been busy in that. Corrupting the minds even of believers from the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's still doing it today. There are many Christians who just are not what they should be because the devil has still brought some blindness to them. He talked about false apostles and deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So we have to guard the pulpit. We have to hedge the flock of God. And all ministers have to do that. And, and how do they do it? There's only one way. By the word of God. By the fearful preaching of the word of God. It's the only way to hedge the flock from Satan. It's why we preach. It's why we proclaim the scriptures. Satan sows his terms. He will put the false and the contrary in. He will bring words contrary to the Bible. And we have to hedge the flock with God's word. And you congregation. Have to believe God's word. And when you hear God's word. Every week. 
You have to let it move you. Move you to respond in a way that the Word wants you to respond. And especially to believe it. Now Noah could have been like all the rest and not have believed God. But he wasn't like all the rest. And the reason was he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord saved him. The Lord was gracious to him. And he believed God. And today God's word to us is the scriptures. And it has to be believed. The scriptures teach us what we are to believe concerning God. And what duty God requires of us. It's all here in the word of God. And we have to believe that. And respond to that. We have to believe its promises and act upon them. We have to believe the invitations and come to Christ. We have to believe the warnings and shun sin. We have to respond to the word of God with faith. And the aspect of faith in our text is warning. It doesn't say God promised no, though he did promise no. It doesn't say God invited Noah, though God did invite Noah. Come into the ark. There was an invitation in the word. There were promises in the word. I'll make a covenant with you. Wonderful promises. But the apostle doesn't emphasize those things. He emphasizes the warning aspect of the word. He heeded the threatenings. And that's why he built the ark. Through fear. Through the belief that the warning was true. That the flood was going to indeed truly destroy the world. He believed the warning. And in the fear of it. He built an ark. He built an ark. The apostle is saying. That's wonderful faith he had. Now, as I said. There are many aspects to the Bible. It's wisdom. It's promise. It's history. It's gospel. It's law. It's commandment. And it's all to be believed. But tonight. I'm emphasizing the Bible is warning. It has warnings for us. The warnings of the Bible. God warns us, brethren and sisters. Now we mustn't think that means he's nasty. Just because someone warns you doesn't mean they're nasty necessarily. God warns in love. He has as much love and grace and compassion in the warning as he has in the promise. It's not a less love because he warns. He's not, you know, like the devil because there's this this negative aspect of the word of God where, where there's warning. You know, you warn children not to touch hot things. You warn children not to pull the boiling water over their heads. You warn children not to play with electric wires. Is it because you're nasty? No, it's because you love them. It's because you want to preserve them. Because you want them to live. And to have life. Ongoing life and continuing life. And that's why God warns us. Because he wants the sinner to have life. And he wants his people to have continuing life. Revived life revigorated life the life of God abounding in their souls and he warns them he warns them so love warns us 
And God warned sinners. Do you remember whenever John the Baptist, whenever he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he didn't think much of that. And he said to them, O generation of vapors, who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come? The answer is, of course, nobody. They just come along because everybody else is coming along. They don't want to be left out. They're keeping an eye on things. They weren't really coming in true faith, you see. Who warned you? They ought to have said, oh God, God has warned us. Well, they couldn't say that. They had no faith. It wasn't really warning why they were there. John the Baptist put his hand on it. Who's warned you? Has God been speaking to you? Has God told you the need for this to come to my baptism? God does warn sinners. And sinners should be moved by fear. For with many of us, that was one of the reasons why we got saved, wasn't it? We took on board the warnings of hell and the wrath to come, and we were moved by fear. And we got into the ark. We believed. Hell was so real, it was a reality. you never seen it before. You didn't even see it with your physical eyes, but you felt that if you died at any minute, you'd just drop straight into it. It was so real. You believed the warnings of God's word, and it moved you. God's warnings should move us. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? God's warnings. See that you don't refuse him that speaks. For if they didn't escape who refused him in the Old Testament, don't think you'll escape in the New Testament if you refuse him. Warnings. Listen to God. Don't close your ears to God. Don't turn your back on the word of God. Warnings. Remember how the Lord Jesus warned the Pharisees, you serpents, you generation of vapors, how how can you escape the damnation of hell? It was strong stuff, but they needed strong stuff. Warned to be warned. And Noah sounded these warnings to sinners. For 120 years he preached. And all those people drowned and their spirits went to the prisons in hell. But before they went there, The Spirit of Christ spoke to them through the preaching of Noah. So he republished the warnings to the world. As the church does, we have to warn men. And that's one aspect of the preacher's work. To bring out the warnings of the word of God so that you'll be moved by fear. You see, God's word does warn us. Don't we often sing Psalm 19? But the word of God has perfect, how it converts. But as he, as he comes to the end of all these characteristics of the word of God, he, he says this very interesting thing. Moreover, last but by no means least, moreover, by them is thy servant warned. Warned. So it's not just sinners are warned, it's saints are warned. Psalm 19 verse 11. Thy servant is warned. Does God's servant need warned? Do we the people of God who believe in Jesus. Do we need warned? Yes we do. And the Bible warns us. By them is thy servant warned. And the the preacher has to, to do this. 
aspect in his preaching to warn the people of God and to warn himself too. Remember how Paul said, for the space of three years, I didn't cease to warn everyone night and day. Everyone, he said. Night and day. Every meeting we had. During the day and during the evening, whenever I was with you, we had all those meetings. The Spirit of God was among us. We were having revival, wonderful times. We were out at all the meetings. Every meeting, I didn't cease to warn you. Wow. We don't hear much of that today. Warning the people. Remember how he wrote to the Corinthians? He gave them warnings, as there are in this epistle to the Hebrews. He says, I don't write these things to shame you, but I write them to warn you. Warning. Warnings. And he, he says, Now we exhort you, brethren, speaking to the elders and to the ministers, he says, We exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. So that we need the warnings of God's Word. And God's Word is warning us, congregation, and it warns us in so many ways. It tells us our days are getting fewer. You haven't many days left, you know. Your Sabbaths are getting fewer and less. You're warned. Use everyone well. Pray for every Sabbath to be a blessing. There are not many left. So take heed. Take heed. The time is short. The devil is abounding. Be warned. He's subtle. He's powerful. He has many devices. He comes in many ways. Be warned. Be on your guard. Walk carefully. Walk circumspectly. Put on the whole armor of God. Be warned. Pray always. Pray without ceasing. Cry unto God. Be warned. You need to pray. You need to call unto God. Don't get entangled in the world. Don't be caught up in the affairs of this life to such a degree as you neglect the things of God. Be warned. Don't follow the Lord afar off. Be warned. Keep in the word. Keep hearing the word. Don't let the devil say to you it's worthless, it's pointless, it's boring. Give it up. No, keep at it. Keep a good conscience. Keep near to Christ. Be warned. Don't get better. Don't get a better heart. Don't let the hurts of men knock your fellowship with Christ. Be warned. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't give up on the preaching. Get grace. Get more of the Holy Spirit. Get revived. Get quickened by the Lord. Shun sin. Which will deaden you if it gets into your life. Be warned. Noah being warned was moved. To do the right. Oh may the mornings of God move you. Keep your heart. Watch your steps. Watch where your feet go. Hold fast the profession of your faith. Don't desert Christ. Don't leave the right way. Confess your sins to God. Confess your faults to one another. 
Say sorry. Be warned. Be warned. Seek forgiveness from Christ and from your brethren and sisters. We are warned, congregation. So let us be like Noah through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always to believe the word of God and to heed its warnings and even tremble at its threatening. Remember how the Lord says to this man will I look who is of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. That means he's heard the warnings and has scared the life out of him. Trembled at my word. Brethren, let us tremble. Sisters, let us fear God. Let all the people say, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. So may the Lord give us grace then to always believe the word of God and especially its warnings and to be moved to shun the wrong and to embrace the right for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Let us pray.